Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Thursday, December the 2nd, 2021. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here representing our DFS Coach Talk team to discuss the five-game NBA slate for this evening. Uh, the good thing is uh, it is a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time game, so we have an extra 30 minutes and all three uh, FanDuel, DraftKings, and Yahoo are offering the main slate as the five-game feature slate at 7.30. Uh, excited to go over this with you. We're trying to build up some winners and some momentum going into the holidays here. Uh, appreciate everybody that jumped on and in, uh, into the contest yesterday. We had a couple of uh, winners now that, that won uh, the, the week membership, both through YouTube and Twitter. So, uh, big shout out to all of those folks. Also, big shout out to all our members. Uh, it is it's been uh, a busy period here with basketball and football going. We have our NFL podcast that posted last night for tonight's game. That should be an interesting one. Um, and then uh, also this podcast will be posting here at lunchtime uh, for the NBA. So uh, if you want to join Coach Talk, go to dfscoachtalk.com. As you can see, scrolling across the bottom, we have some fantastic deals. If you want to just dip your toe in the water and check us out for three days for $10 or five days uh, for $19, you are welcome to do that uh, also. Um, as far as um, this week's schedule, we've got a very busy schedule, obviously, with uh, basketball tonight, a big, huge NBA slate tomorrow with nine games, and then throughout the weekend. Uh, football, we've got the, the slate tonight, uh, the full slate uh, on Sunday, and then obviously Monday as well. So Wednesday's a good day to sign up if you play NFL uh, DFS, because or Thursday, I mean, because you get that weekend, you know, uh, if you do the five-day, you get the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So you get all three NFL slates. And when you join DFS Coach Talk, you get everything that we have. We don't sell it by sport as uh, some providers do. Once you're in and part of the family and in our Discord, uh, you're part of our entire group. So uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, quick thumbs up. Hit that uh, membership button there, the subscribe button, uh, so that you know when our podcast posts. And then also just give us a quick comment. Let us know what you think. Uh, that combination really helps us move up uh, the algorithm on YouTube. Um, also hit that little bell in the upper corner there. That will give you an alert every time one of our podcast posts. Uh, if you're listening on audio through all of our landing spots for uh, our audio podcast, whether it be Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, all of them are out there. Uh, definitely want to uh, take a second, give us a five-star and a rating. And then at the end of the month, uh, we'll have a drawing for a free week membership at Coach Talk. All right, we are ready to go. Five games, pretty tidy little schedule here. A um, lot of news going on, obviously, and very important to stay in touch with us. Uh, you know, if you become a member, jump in our Discord because there's constant news right now with all of the people sitting with COVID injuries, with all of the players out for regular injuries, just a, a very busy uh, amount of information. And it's so key because you're one guy 
uh, one guy difference on on a uh, pivot, then and you can take down a slate. So uh, we follow it right through up until lock, and then after lock because late swap becomes uh, even bigger now with all of the late news that uh, continues. So uh, we'd love to have you. Hope to see you there. Uh, DFSCoachTalk.com. All right. Five games. It's a nice slate. I like this slate, though. I'm, I like bigger slates, but this is uh, a competitive one, so it's it's going to be very interesting. First game of the night. It's that 7:30, as we mentioned. We've actually got two at 7:30, one at eight, one at nine, and one at ten. So it spreads it out throughout the evening, even though it's only five games. That makes it a lot more fun, and it also allows you to do some pivoting. Milwaukee Bucks at the Toronto Raptors. Milwaukee's favored by four and a half. The total is 215. 109.75 implied for the Bucks. 105.25 implied for Toronto. Milwaukee comes in at 14 and eight. The Raptors are nine and 13. Uh, On the injury front, we still have DiVincenzo, Lopez, and Ojale out for Milwaukee. But the big three of Holiday, Middleton, and, and Giannis are all in. Now, I want to mention right here, it's the second night of a back-to-back for Milwaukee. There's only two teams on the schedule that have that designation. So we know Coach Bud does some weird stuff sometimes resting players. So we want to keep a very close eye on that because that could shift the slate. Um, Toronto has Gary Trent as questionable. Again, very important because he's a... Uh, a very important part of that rotation. We already know that Ananobi, which is huge, Birch and Dragic are out. All right, a couple of things. Statistically speaking, the Milwaukee Bucks, 14th in pace, Toronto 19th. So you got middle of the road pace. Uh, Decent uh, veteran teams here, most of the guys. And so the offensive efficiency is respectable at 10th and 15th. 10th for Milwaukee, 15th Toronto. Uh, Defense, we got two different uh, looks here. Milwaukee, 7th, and they've continued to move up. They were like 18th about three weeks ago, and they've steadily moved up all the way up to 7th. Toronto, not going the right direction. They are down to 22nd. So when we look at this game, obviously, if on the second night of a back-to-back, if everybody's playing, the first thing I'd say is I'm a little wary of Giannis at 12K, although he may be a necessity on only a five-game slate, but it makes me wary that it's a back-to-back. Uh, you know, So we need to follow that news. 12K is a big number, uh, but he's Giannis. Holiday at 7-4 and Middleton at 7-2 are a lot more palatable to me. You know, that true mid-level price, you know, could go with both of them possibly. Um you almost get uh, two for the price of one. Not quite, but, you know, considering Giannis's price, it makes it a little bit tough. If any of those three sit, that, you know, really elevates the usage for the other two. So we want to follow that closely. Grayson Allen, 4-5, more of a GPP shot. Bobby Portis has been steady, but 7-1. He's now up there, almost as expensive as Holiday and Middleton, uh, which, you know, makes me not want to pull the trigger. Um, if everybody plays as we're anticipating right now, you know, uh, really takes a lot out of the bench there with Milwaukee. Um, if somebody does sit, it's usually Connaughton that rolls up in there at five one. So he would be a playable commodity. 
you know, other than that, you have Hill, you know, Hood, Cousins now in that rotation. Awara just don't need to quite go there uh, on this slate. With Toronto, Fred Van Vliet's 8-9. So expensive, especially against Drew Holiday defense. He's tough. Um, they are sh shorthanded, you know, with those main guys, a couple of those main guys being out. It's important to know if Trent's out, though. If Trent sits, I think it makes Van Vliet, Van Vliet even better. Um, and so we, that news is important. If Van Vliet's in and has no uh, restrictions at 5'6", he's a really good value play. Scotty Barnes at 7'5", can really blow up the slate. Siakam at 8'7", playable. Uh, and then you've got, you know, Precious Achua now at 4-6 becomes a really value play at center with Birch being out. So I, uh, I'm i interested in Precious a little bit here. I uh, want to follow that a little bit closer. And then, of course, if Trent sits, that brings, brings Svi Mikhailuk in play at 4.5. So definitely going to have some representation uh, in game one. Game two, as I said, is another 7.30 game. This should be a fun game to watch. Chicago Bulls and New York Knicks, all those ties between the two teams with Tibbs and some of the players. But uh, good game. Chicago's only favored by one and a half. It's a 213 total. Implied for Chicago, 107.25. For the Knicks, it's 105.75. The Bulls come in at 14 and 8, and the Knicks at 11 and 10. Uh, injuries for Chicago, Kobe White and Patrick Williams out. For the Knicks, R.J. Barrett, which is important news, is questionable. So we want to follow that news because uh, that will definitely affect uh, the rotation. All right, let's look at statistically. You've got 10th uh, in pace for Chicago, 16th for the Knicks. Uh, both teams decent at scoring the ball. Chicago 8, Knicks 14. Uh, you do have decent defense here. Chicago in the top 10 at 8th in defensive efficiency. And the Knicks at 16th. So they worked their way up back into the middle of the pack after a very rough defensive start. The The experiment the Knicks did with that backcourt, and we attacked it while we could, you know, but when you have guys like Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose and some of those guys that just aren't defending well, being your main uh, guards, uh, that can cause you some trouble. So they have uh, adjusted that lineup and, uh, you know, that's starting to pay off. So as far as this game goes, you know, it's, there's a lot of potential here for sure. You've got some expensive guys though. That's the decision you have to make. I mean, this isn't the fastest paced game, sort of more in the middle of the road, but Lonzo Ball at 7-2, Zach Levine at 8-8. DeMar DeRozan at nine and Vukovic at nine, three. So you've got the big four for Chicago, all playing, all pretty expensive. And that makes it tough. I mean, it's, it's a lot harder to pull the trigger to pay up on guys when they're, when you know, there's other multiple guys on the team that are going to share in that usage. Now I will say of the group, DeMar DeRozan at nine K is my favorite because, you know, he's in the middle of the pack pricing wise there. He has a tendency in these tight games to be the go-to guy down the stretch, uh, which is, is very interesting, but that's how it's been playing out. So that's the guy I'm looking at there. You know, with everybody back, you, you have that option of going with a, a Caruso at 5'2 or a Javante Green at 3'4 if you want to go value. 
Desunmu's getting some time, um, but not what he was. He's the 3K dead men. But for me, you know, I can see going with one of the Chicago main guys, but I don't think I'm going to be doubling up uh, against a, a Knicks team that is improving defensively. Um, Alec Burks has sort of been the value guy since they named him the starting point guard in the last few games, but his price has drifted up now to 6-5. So you got to make that decision if you want to put that, you know, much into it. But he's been playing well. His, you know, he's taking advantage of the opportunity. And, uh, you know, they're still pretty stacked there with Quickly and Rose uh, getting time. But if R.J. Barrett sits and he's questionable and he's, he doesn't usually miss games, if he does sit, that makes me a lot more interested. I think Burks at 6'5 is a great play. Uh, it also elevates, you know, either Rose or Quickly at their cheaper prices. Quickly's 5K, Rose 4'8". Um, those would be the two guys I would look at. Fournier, not enough ancillary stats to be considered for me at 4'7". You could go to Julius Randle here, but he's an expensive 9'5". Uh, this is a, a pretty good matchup for him, although Chicago defends decently. Uh, Mitchell Robinson at 4-3, you know, questionable because of not injury-wise. He's playing, but it's just hard to trust his consistency. Uh, whether foul trouble or whatever takes place, uh, it becomes a little bit tougher. And if Nerlens Noel and Taj Gibson are back in, uh, I really don't want any part of that timeshare whatsoever. So uh, interesting game. I think, you know, I have no problem maybe a DeRozan-Burks duo here uh, being the two guys that make the most sense for me. Uh, but there is some ownership available there and a game that is, is pretty decent. And the other thing is, you know, none of these lines as far as the totals are overwhelming because there's no team that dives off the board. You know, we have a 217 and a half being the highest 209 being the lowest, but a bunch of two team games in there, 213, 14, 15. So, you know, it's uh, I wouldn't let that be the swaying piece as like yesterday, there was a game, you know, 20 points difference, etc. But uh, today it's pretty tight, so you don't have to let that really sway you. Uh, both teams are on an island game for Chicago and the Knicks, by the way. All right, game three, you move to 8 o'clock. It's the single 8 o'clock game. It's the Oklahoma City and Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is favored by nine. It's a 214 total. 102.5 implied for the Thunder. 111.5 uh, implied for the Memphis Grizzlies. And, the, you know, the big news in this game is who's not playing rather than who is playing. So we've got Oklahoma City. We've got uh, Muscala questionable. But Favors and then Giddy, who's been a, a favorite for DFS players, and Kenrich Williams, uh, they're all out. As far as Memphis goes, we have a questionable tag on Zaire Williams. Uh, Kyle Anderson is probable, but then we have Merrill out, and then the big one, of course, Ja Morant out. So that's all, you know, really changes the flow of things. Thunder, by the way, are 6 and 15. Memphis uh, is 11 and 10. So they're trying to stay at around 500 till they get jaw back in the fold. Statistically speaking, you've got a couple of things. It is the second night of a back-to-back -back for Oklahoma City. That really hasn't made much of a difference for them. They play a pretty deep bench. 
they have, you know, a bunch of teenagers basically. So it's, you know, of all the teams, they're really not one that you have to concern yourself that much with, but he does go deep as it is. So if it creates him to go a little deeper in the bench or with more minutes because of that, uh, that certainly doesn't help uh, matters. Memphis, it is uh, an Island game. All right. So, Let's look at uh, the Thunder a bit here. Uh, Shea at 8-1, you know, playable, but he hasn't been dominating like uh, we thought he would on a consistent basis. Now, again, he's solid uh, in this last game. Uh, you know, I had him last night. He did fine. But, you know, I want that huge blow-up numbers uh, that I'm hoping that he can get. But, you know, is it going to be affected by the pace? That's the interesting part. The good part for, for that argument is the Thunder's 20th in pace, but Memphis is fifth. So you've got a pace-up game that Shea could fall into here and, and really fit at that 8-1 number. As far as offensive efficiency, Oklahoma City Thunder's last. Memphis is 13th. And then this is the part that makes this game, you know, definitely wanting to have exposure here. Thunder's 15th, so they're in the middle of the pack, respectable enough. But Memphis is dead last at 30th. So it, you know, again, another reason why Shea is the first guy I wanted to mention here, because as of right now, I've got him plugged in at that 8-1 number. Pace, defense, usage, there's a lot of reasons to roster him, and I would assume he'll be popular. But uh, you may need him. Trey Mann got the start last time at 3-6, something to look at. Dort's always in play at 5-4. Uh, JRE at 4-4. If you're looking for a value guy that's going to get somewhat steady minutes, you could go there. But they really are using that bench. I mean, Pokasheski, Jerome, uh, we know Muscala is questionable, but Roby's getting in. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of rotation here, you know. and But Shea is the guy that gets the majority of that usage when he's in there, and I think he's the target here. Dort's price has drifted, uh, drifted up a bit. I'm not counting out Trey Mann either. I, I like what I've seen lately. He could be the value steal uh, at 3.6. On the Grizzly side, you know, all that Jaw Morant uh, usage is, is flowing to different spots. And I, you know, I like three guys here that I'm going to consider. Tyus Jones, who's had some good games and some bad games. He's 5.5. So not a giveaway price, but somebody to consider. Desmond Bain has really stepped up across the board, getting good minutes, playing good ball, but his price has drifted up now at 6.4. Dylan Brooks looks good too. I think Dylan, 7K, with jaw out, he's really the main guy that they go to in clutch situations. So I have a circle around Dylan Brooks. The problem is I think Dylan Brooks might get Lou Dort defense, and if he does – then I put, instead of the circle around him, I put a an X through him. So I'm going to do uh, a little bit of research here, really take a look at, you know, this combination. It's been different because Lou's uh, Dort's uh, guarded jaw when he's played. So we haven't had this combination of players. So you can't just dive into basketball reference and see what's going to happen here based on prior performance. I'm just looking at uh, what I've seen through the season, what I expect these coaches to do. And as of right now, unless I read something different, uh, I think Dort may guard uh, Brooks. That's going to be uh, my go-to unless I read differently. But I am going to look at a lot of uh, coach 
speak stuff and uh, beat writers, etc. After that, you got Jackson at seven one. You know, always a possibility. Uh, just not interested in the other guys, Adams, Anderson, uh, Melton, Clark. I just think there's too much risk, especially if you're playing uh, a cash game or single entry. All right, let's go to game four. It's the nine o'clock game on the slate. Uh, it's the Detroit Pistons and the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix favored by a big 12 points. So this game has even more of a chance of a blowout than any other game. It's a 209 and a half total, only 98.75 for the Pistons, 110.75 uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix has been absolutely out of their minds. I remember sta stating, wow, the Suns are one in three. I wonder if there's a malaise from being in the finals. They're not looking good. Well, guess what? They won 17 in a row, best in franchise history. Obviously the best in the NBA right now, and they are on a serious roll. They even beat the Warriors the other night. So did they come in here? Is this a, a, a game where, you know, it's the first night of a back-to-back -back for Phoenix. So that's problem number one. Secondly, you know they're going to take the Pistons for granted here. I mean, there's no question. Sandwich game, you know, after this Warriors game, if there was ever, you know, if I was Monty Williams here, I would be all over them just saying, listen, I know that you're mentally going to go into this game looking to just go through the motions, get the win, and get on to the next game. But this this is when you get stung in at any level in this type of a situation. So I am a little concerned. I'm a little concerned that Phoenix doesn't come out and play as hard. I'm a little concerned uh, that it's the first night of a back-to-back -back for them, and also they have to play the game without Devin Booker. So I don't know. I'm not going to, you know, just jump right in and say this game's a blowout. Let's let's, you know, not consider much here. I'm going to approach it as maybe the game stays tight enough for long enough uh, for it to make a difference. So injury wise, we know Kelly Olynyk is out for Detroit. We know, like I said, Booker is out for Phoenix, along with Kaminsky, Nader and Sarge. So pace, Detroit ninth. Phoenix second. You got to love that. So there's a, one big check mark in that favor. Offensive efficiency, Detroit 29th, but Phoenix is fifth. So not bad. Defensively, 23rd for Detroit. So that's a check mark for Phoenix there, but Phoenix is second. So, uh, you know, and Booker's not their best defender. They got their main defenders in there and Paul, Bridges, Crowder, Ayton. You know, those guys can defend. So, yeah, not a picnic for Detroit in that side of it. So how much exposure is the right exposure in this game? You know, you've got a couple of plays you can make. Killian Hayes is 4-4, but, you know, is he going to get Chris Paul defense? Uh, Paul may guard Cunningham. I'm not sure. And uh, Cunningham's 7-9. He certainly is their usage leader uh, in a lot of these games. Then you've got, you know, the guys that are tempting. Uh, Jeremy Grant at 7-3 who has played really good ball lately, but he has to go against some stingy in interior def uh, defenders here. Um, and then Sadiq Bey, I'm not going to play because I think he'll get Bridges defense. Isaiah Stewart at 5K, just so undersized against a guy the size of Aiton and even JaVale McGee off the bench. But, you know, it's a consideration. He's only 5K, 
again, you know, if you want to spend elsewhere, there's several ways you can build uh, this lineup tonight, which makes it, you know, a lot more fun. I don't, I don't think you're going to have everybody following the same pattern. So, um, again, lots of different guys you can go to on, on the Detroit side if you're looking for value or if you want to pay up for Grant or Cunningham. On the Phoenix side, are they going to get enough run? That's the question. Paul is 8.6, which is expensive. Looks like Landry Shamit is going to be in the uh, starting lineup. Uh, he's 3.1, which, you know, he can string some threes together and, uh, you know, make his number. He doesn't usually get a lot of uh, periphery stats, though. That's the question. Uh, I like the fact that Mikhail Bridges is only 5'7", that he gets um, some of that usage that Booker leaves on the table, and he's one of my favorites here in this game. Jay Crowder, possibly at 4'3", although Grant is a fine defender in his own right. And I think Aiton at 7'6", his price is up a little bit, but he is just, he should dominate the paint in this game you know, again, with an undersized Pistons lineup. They don't even have a scrub center to come in uh, behind Stewart with any size whatsoever. So eight and square in my uh, viewpoint at 7.6 as well. If you want to look at this game stretching out and, and blowing out a little bit, you know, you've got the three guys on the bench that are priced exactly right, in my opinion. Cam Johnson, 4-2, Cameron Payne, 4-1, and JaVale McGee, 4K. So risky, definitely worth a GPP shot with one of those guys um, because if it stretches out, being a first night of a back-to-back, -back, you could get big run from a guy like Campaign. And for him to put 20 DFS points to get to 5X is no problem. Payne does it when he gets the minutes, and McGee does it when he gets the minutes. So tough game to call because if you spend the money up, and they don't get the full run for the Phoenix guys, it can sting you. Or you can look at the other direction or even do a mixture. I mean, there's there's a potential for DeAndre Ayton to get to his number and then a campaign to come in for, you know, and get extended minutes for Paul and make his number. So a lot of strategy. I'm working on all of it. I'm recommending that, you know, you look at it. And I think this game uh, is a better game than a lot of people are going to consider it. And I definitely want exposure here as well. All right. Fifth and final game, 10 PM Eastern game, San Antonio Spurs at the Portland Trailblazers, Portland minus four, 217 and a half total, 106.75 implied for San Antonio, 110.75 for the Portland Trailblazers. San Antonio comes into Portland at six and 13, Portland at 500 at 11 and 11. For the Spurs, we have McDermott and Vassell questionable and Zach Collins out. And then for Portland, we, we know that we have Lillard out for an extended period of time. So, you know, it's going to be the Simons and McCollum backcourt for quite a while here. So Lillard's out, uh, Little is out, and Norman Powell is questionable. And that's an important call there. If, if Norman Powell plays without restrictions. He is dangerous. Uh, but with without that, then you you look at Simons, McCollum, and Nurkic as being really strong usage plays uh, if both, you know, with Lillard out for sure and if Powell sits. Statistically speaking, 
The Spurs, can you believe they're third in the league in pace? That is really surprising to me. I can't remember in any time seeing the Spurs that high in pace. Portland's 13th. So, again, you know, this game has some merit to it without question. They're going to be getting up and down the floor. San Antonio has not been efficient on the offensive side, though, at 24th. Portland is scoring the ball fourth, but that should sink a little bit without Dame in there. Defensive efficiency, not great. San Antonio 17th. Portland second to last at 29th. So, man, I mean, there's just no way you can go into this late game and not have some exposure because it's going to be an up-and-down game and there's not going to be great uh, defense here. So, you know, let's go back and look at uh, – this breakout of players because DeJounte Murray has been amazing with some of these triple doubles that he's thrown on the board. He is a big commitment though, at that 9.8 tag. Now it's, it's deserved and I think it's reasonable and he's in consideration for me, even at that big number, there's not as many pay up guys as usual. So that makes this slate very interesting and there's still value. So you can certainly go there. Um, not as interested in White at 6'3". Keldon Johnson at 5'7 is pretty cheap. Um, again, if Pirtle and Vassell are going to sit, um, you know, I'm sorry, if McDermott and Vassell are going to sit, that brings Walker into play. If one of the other two guys plays, then possibly go to the other one, you know, of Vassell or, or McDermott, but only in GPP if uh, – if all of them play, then no interest even in that uh, side of it. Pirtle at 6-1, uh, he smashed for me the other day. He seems to be back into the groove and playing good minutes, and he's at a good price. Uh, you know, he can put together some solid games. I think that uh, he's square in that center race for me in building my lineup. Um, after that, not really interested in the depth of the Spurs uh, bench. Portland, again, you know, there's Anthony Simons will be one of the higher-owned guys on the slate again because they haven't quite adjusted his salary. He's only 4.9. He's going to get the majority of minutes at the point. A lot of touches, a lot of usage uh, increase for him. So definitely a great play there. C.J. McCollum, I mean, at, at the whole time Lillard's out, you're going to have to mention C.J. McCollum in every conversation because – he is 8-5, which is not unreasonable, but he's going to get all the big shots. He's going to be the go-to guy. He'll get some extended minutes. Uh, it's an island game for both teams, too. So I think McCollum has to be strongly considered at 8-5, especially if Norman Powell's out. If Powell's out, then McCollum's 100%, plug and play in all my cash and GPP games. Uh, if Powell plays, it, it shifts a little bit. Yeah, it, without restrictions at 5-4, like I said, he's a possible play. Um, not interested really in Covington, Nance, Zeller, their bench. But I am interested in Nurkic. He's playing a little bit better, playing a little bit more minutes. Uh, not, you know, that's all going to help him a little bit. But he's not ever going to be a 38-minute kind of guy for them. But if he can get low 30s, 32 33, then I think he's a fine play because he's only 7K and he also can put up a big number. So worth considering there. Um, you know, so definite exposure to this game as well. Uh, I don't see any game I'm going to be stacking. I'm going to be one off here and there 
all over this slate. I love the fact that there's not many buy-up options and that you can really uh, make a nice mid-level build. And if you want to buy up to like a DeJounte Murray, there's plenty of value on the other side of that uh, to even it out. So it's a fun slate. I mean, it's not a given. There's not going to be dead chalk with a ton of guys. You'll have a few few guys that are uh, well-owned. But, you know, keep an eye on ownership. That's important uh, also. Uh, but this should be a good competitive uh, night of uh, DFS. So hopefully all of that helps you. I think that, uh, you know, uh, this should be uh, something where, there's going to be some fine uh, possibilities of takedowns and some tournaments. I'm going to be hitting tournaments a little bit more than I usually do on this size slate. I usually go more to the cash side, but I, I think I'm going to hit single entry again. You know, I'm not uh, a big multi unless you put 150 lineups in those big uh, tournaments with uh, multi entry. I think that uh, you, you're making a mistake, but as far as playing those single entries or even the three max entries, uh, that's where I'm going to be focusing uh, on this slate. And then tomorrow we go back to the magic nine game slate. This is the third time in five days we'll have nine games tomorrow. So uh, I'm excited for that one. I will be back to, to cover that one tomorrow. And then Saturday of course is the fun day where crash, Davis and I will do the NBA podcast and we'll build a two brains are better than one uh, fan duel GPP lineup on that Saturday show. So don't forget to check out our NFL show that's already posted and a quick thumbs up, a quick subscribe and a comment on YouTube is greatly appreciated. Have a wonderful day. Just crush them big time tonight in these tournaments. I like the contests on FanDuel, DraftKings, and Yahoo tonight. So it uh, should be a good one to stack them up. Get that uh, extra Christmas money. All right. Thank you for listening in. Appreciate you as always. For those that listen every day, uh, you know, you're the reason we do this and uh, are motivated to do it. Uh, keep letting us know all your wins. We, we love to, to give shout outs and do that as well. So for the entire uh, Coach Talk team, uh, I am Coach, and we will catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.